Welcome to Those Catholic Shrinks with Lisa and Regina, your favorite podcast about mind, body, and soul. Welcome. This is Lisa, and you're listening to Those Catholic Shrinks with Lisa and Regina. Today's podcast is all about sleep. Oh, sleep is my favorite. Sleep is good. Sleep <laughs> is very good. Uh, before we jump into that podcast or that topic, oh yes. what are we drinking? Today we are drinking another... Puka has made another appearance. <laughs> I hope I'm pronouncing this right because I'm not sure. But this is a vanilla chai. I love it. And for those who don't drink caffeine and love chai tea, like myself, this is your this is a perfect alternative. And I'm honestly saying a perfect alternative <laughs> because if you are like me. <laughs> Back in the days when I used to drink caffeine, chai was my number one. Mm. Chai and Earl Grey. And it was so depressing to attempt to substitute that chai experience Um, without caffeine. It was very difficult. See, I didn't know that that chai was a caffeinated tea. Yeah, there's black tea in it. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. All the spices and the black tea. So, and anyone who tried to make a decaf version, it was basically horrible and not the same. (laughs) I love it. And so, um, this one is a very satisfying substitute, (laughs) honestly. I love it. So, if you love chai, you will love this vanilla chai. Um, And the best part is you can have it at night before bed because there's no caffeine. Yeah. Well, I like, because we're recording at about noon right about now, <laughs> I know this is not going to affect my afternoon nap. Exactly. Then, okay. oh, segwaying nap. back yeah. into sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we wanted to kind of talk about sleep a little bit because ironically, you wouldn't necessarily think it, but sleep comes up a lot when we talk to people. Yes. And kind of as I was looking at this topic... I was surprised, but not surprised, to find that 33% of Americans um, report having difficulty sleeping on occasion in the mm. past, like, couple of months of life, like, mm. of just living their lives. Mm. And that actually doesn't surprise me, because generally, if I talk to people, I'm like, how you doing? Well, I'm really tired. Right. Like, and I find myself responding that way all the time, too. So, right. um, and I know it, it tends to come up a lot for me. And talking to people about difficulties and making um, making the challenges in their life even more difficult, you know. So um, it's one of those things that's like, that's pretty, seems like something that you can improve on pretty quickly. So Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think most people know this, but it's worth reviewing, you know, how poor sleep can impact you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the physic, physical effects. You know, whether it makes you want to eat more, mm-hmm. increases those cravings, right? So which will then make you gain more weight, <laughs> um, which could lead to diabetes, cardiovascular types of diseases. And so when we're not <clears throat> our, at our best, we can make those physical compromises that can impact our health. Mm-hmm. Mood changes. I'm sure we've all experienced that where we might be more emotional, mm-hmm. short-tempered feeling more depressed. Yeah. Um, when we don't have that stamina, when we're not well rested, we're more likely to let our change in moods affect us yeah. more strongly as opposed to, you know, oh, 
this traffic is really frustrating, whatever. Like, <laughs> um, I, I left with enough time. I'm going to be okay. Well, if you are in traffic, maybe on a day when you didn't get enough rest, it might get to you a little more. <clears throat> yeah. Um, memory issues. That's a huge one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously when you're not getting a lot of sleep, it's going to be very difficult to remember mm-hmm. all of those tasks and responsibilities you have store information. Yeah. Um, and then thinking and concentration as well. Yeah. is definitely impacted without sleep. I know when I don't get enough sleep, it's very hard for me to concentrate. Yeah. I'm not a nice person. <laughs> it's not cute. It's usually when Andy yeah. asks me, do you need a nap? <laughs> yeah, I probably do. <laughs> I've even gotten to the point where I've forgotten words from time to time. <laughs> I was with some friends the other day and I'm, I said something like, what is that? What's a person who walks across the street? And, and they said, a pedestrian? <laughs> you know, the person who walks around and doesn't drive. Like. <laughs> That's phenomenal. So that's what lack of sleep will do to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think it's interesting. One of the things you said made me think that like, yeah, I think we all know that not getting a lot of sleep affects just generally affects your life poorly, but it also is, it affects our spiritual lives too. Mm -hmm. I do. I do actually think it affects our relationship with the Lord Mm -hmm. and um, our, our communities, um, be it our small family communities or even our church communities. Um, so like some of the ways, like, like I know, um, it makes prayer incredibly hard, mm-hmm. you know, like prayer is a very, especially if you're doing like kind of silent prayer and maybe not rote prayer where you're reading aloud or doing something like that. You're just trying to sit and like hear the Lord. Right. It's really hard to hear the Lord if you fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you know, like, oh, I'm going to do an hour of adoration. I only did 10 minutes. The rest of it, I was definitely sawn logs. And you know you've seen those people nodding off. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. In college, uh, when Andy and I were dating, he would just never sleep. He would be up until, when's college, so he'd be up until 2 a.m. And I knew when we would sit next to one another at mass, like, I was going to have to pinch his arm because you could see him doing chin slams the whole time. <laughs> uh, now the Lord still loved that he was showing up to daily mass yes. and the Lord loves that we're showing up to adoration. Yes, yes. And he's also like, you know, maybe you could not fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it makes the virtues a little bit more difficult too. You know, like if there's a vice that you have that you're particularly prone to, like maybe like gossiping at work mm-hmm. or something, and it's like something you're trying to work on. If you're really tired trying to inhibit yourself is so much more difficult right if you don't have that because it takes energy to do that right you know and you won't have the ability to concentrate and focus yep (laughs) on doing that on working on it yeah like if you can't be aware that that's something that's coming up for you how can you stop it Mm -hmm. exactly yeah Mm -hmm. um i think our, our relationships especially if you're married um or even if you're dating and you're trying to bring holiness into that those relationships or even holiness into your friendships, like if you're tired, exhausted all the time, you're going to be more likely to be quick tempered, um, like you had said earlier, um, and just prone to being emotional and yeah. all of those things, which get into in the way of having these these relationships that are supposed to lead us to Christ. Right. Um, and then, too, I think it just affects discipline in general. Like, it's hard to be disciplined with yourself. Like, I'm going to pray uh, the Angelus every day at noon. But right. if you're falling asleep at noon right. and you're super tired and you're like, you know what? I just want to get through the day. 
I'm just going to drink my cup of coffee. Like it's hard to, to stick to those disciplinary things that you've kind of decided you want to do for yourself if you're super, super tired. Right. Um, and so I think a lot of that kind of has to do with like what your sleep habits are as well. Mm-hmm. And that plays into it. It's like, why am I sleeping so poorly? Well, there's some general sleep habits that I think you and I both hear. Oh yeah. From people a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big ones is like eating and drinking right before bed. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, that affects you and keeps you up, which surprisingly, not surprisingly, like clearly maybe not drink a cup of coffee before bed, mm-hmm. but eating gives you that rush of sugar mm-hmm. and it's going to keep you awake. Um, I think you probably see this one a lot too, is technology in the bedroom. Oh, yes. Especially with our young people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and even not, I mean, mm-hmm. you, know, you were saying earlier about television in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, those smartphones are so awful. They're so, they just love to suck away your sleep. They- <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be aware uh-huh. of, of that impact for sure, because anyone who's used a device knows how easily time can just get away in general yeah so how nice would it be to just oh let me sit in the bed and relax and just let me scroll through a few feeds really quick Mm -hmm. before bed but we all know it is never really quick it's never really quick what is it i'll ask andy what are you doing because i know we've been on the phone for a while he's like i'm trying to get to the bottom of the internet (laughs) (laughs) you're never gonna get there friend (laughs) And I actually just read, read an f- interesting fact that the light on your phone mm-hmm. is actually a blue light. Yes. And the light of morning is blue. Mm-hmm. And it actually tells our brains. Our brains see that that color of light mm-hmm. and it tells them it's time to wake up. Mm-hmm. Versus the light of sunset, which is more orangish. It's warm tones. Mm-hmm. Um, and that tells your brain, oh, it's, it's time to go to sleep now. Yep. So essentially what you're doing is you're telling your brain it's morning. And like you said, like you just keep reading. Right. You just keep going. Which affects the production of melatonin. Mm. If your body's getting messages that it's time to be awake, then your body will not produce mel- the melatonin it needs mm. to get your body into a sleep state. So melatonin is what your brain uses to start falling asleep? Yeah, that's the sleep hormone. Oh. And so... You, if once, once you're, if you're able to, um, affect your technology use before bed, which we'll talk about later, if you're Mm -hmm. able to adjust that, that gives your body the time it needs to start ramping up the melatonin hormones so that you can get that good restful sleep state. Mm -hmm. Because you might be asleep, but you're not in a deep restful sleep if you've been behind on the melatonin production, which is why some people like to buy the -the over-the-counter melatonin. You can go to the store, you can get it anywhere um, to help you sleep. I never realized that. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. Yeah, our bodies naturally make it. I love it. Um, Actually, this last one, I was just talking to my mother-in-law about this last night, and I I asked for her permission. She said I could tell this story, which I thought was really (laughs) funny. So some of you might be mad at me for this one, but don't let your pets sleep in your room with you. What? That's a big one. Like hugely you won't get as good as sleep Mm. and so I was talking to her about this and teasing her because she's always telling us about how her animals are waking her up at the most ridiculous hours of the night 
And so I'm just talking to her about it. I'm like, well, don't let the dog sleep in the room with you. Don't let Max sleep in the room with you. She's like, no, Max isn't the problem. She's like, Max will sleep on the floor. I just need to find a way to leave the door open. I'm like, okay, I don't understand that at all. She's like, <laughs> because the cats scratch at the door when they want to come in in the middle of the night. So I have to get up mm-hmm. and open the door to let the cats in. I'm like, well, why don't you just leave the door open? Mm-hmm. Well, because Max doesn't like the door open. And if I leave the door open, then Max gets up and bothers me all night. <laughs> so if you leave the door closed, the dog sleeps, but the cat scratches. <laughs> if you leave the door open, the cat comes in, but the dog wakes you up. She's like, yes. So I need to find a way to keep the door half open. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Don't let the animal sleep in the room with you. <laughs> it was cracking me up. So... As much as we love our pets, and they are often family members in many ways, they will not help your sleep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so you and I both talk to people a lot about this. Mm-hmm. It comes up all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say are is like kind of some of the first important things to starting a healthy sleep pattern? Because we don't want to talk about don't do this because that's not super helpful. So like, what do we do? Right. I definitely think the first thing you want to be sure is making sure you have a consistent time that you go to bed, which is extremely difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> and being mindful, you know, that and most adults, we all need seven to nine hours of sleep. So when you set your bedtime, think about what time you need to get up, count backwards and make sure that that falls in the seven to nine range, whatever it is that you think your body needs. Mm. Um, but if you can ideally set that as bedtime and aim for that, you know, on a regular basis, that's going to, that's going to eliminate a lot of problems right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think what we don't realize is, is that our bodies like very much crave routine. Mm. And so you won't even realize like, oh, like maybe if you've set a routine of like, I'm going to bed at this time every night for like a month. All of a sudden you'll find yourself getting drowsy, like around that time without even starting to say, I need to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Like your body just picks up on that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's things like if you were to eat a snack every day at four o'clock, your body will start to tell you you're hungry at like three fifty. Right. Even though you might not be hungry. Like our bodies like know what time it is. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't know what time it is, our bodies know what time it is and they know those rituals. Right. Absolutely. Um, Next, I think we should remove technology from the bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about that before. Um, and even to the point of, right, a lot of people use their phones as alarm clocks. Yep. That's the excuse I hear all the time. I can't. Yeah. My phone's my alarm. Right. I've even had parents say that to me when I, you know, talk to them about their high school students staying up till two, three in the morning mm-hmm. and then they're tired for school the next day and I don't understand what the problem is. Well, that's because your child is on the phone talking to their friends or on social media or whatever, YouTube, up until three in the morning. That's why they're not getting sleep. So maybe we should have that not available to them. Mm-hmm. All the parents always say, well, well, their phone is their alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe we should get a different clock. <laughs> a clock yeah. that is just a clock. And a clock without a bright light mm-hmm. um, so that the melatonin can be yep. high and wonderful. <laughs> and even then, I've heard, too, that light 
can pass through your eyelids. So even when your eyes are closed and you're asleep. Mm. So say you, there's a street light near your window and it comes through the blinds mm. or, you know, you have a, an alarm clock that's very bright. So anything in your room with lights on them, whether it be a charging port to something, and sometimes mm. the chargers have those little green lights or something, or an alarm clock, you, know, you have to be really careful about that because that light can still pass through your eyelids mm. and your body is still taking that in as oh. a cue to be awake as opposed to asleep, which prevents you from getting into those deeper levels of well, sleep that you need. And that makes sense based off of what we were just talking about earlier. Like mm-hmm. people didn't used to have alarm clocks. And so what woke them up? The sun. Right. And so the sun would shine through their eyelids and that's what woke them up. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would add on to not only removing the technology from your room, mm-hmm. but stopping using it at least 30 minutes before that time you've set for yourself to go to bed. Ooh, yes. Like, That's probably the most challenging yeah. one. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying to get to the bottom of the internet, <laughs> um, you need every minute that you can get. But... Phones really do activate certain parts of your brain and it really starts your brain going and moving and doing things. And you need 30 minutes to dislike for your brain to kind of like, I don't even know, disconnect from it, go into hibernation mode from technology. Right. And reduce the stimulation. Yes. Stimulation, which, yeah, your brain is going to be more active Mm -hmm. when it's receiving that stimulation for sure. Mm -hmm. And it does, it takes at least 30 minutes for your brain to be like, okay, I'm done with that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not stimulated from that anymore Mm -hmm. or I'm not craving to keep looking through things anymore too. Right. Um, Like, did I get to the bottom of my email list? Like, no, you didn't, but you need to stop using technology and it'll take about, about 30 minutes for your brain to stop worrying about what's happening in that email list Mm -hmm. and to be able to disconnect and to move on to the next thing, to transition to sleep, to transition to winding down. Right. Slowing down, Mm -hmm. taking that time. Yeah. Um, And this kind of goes along with what you were saying is that like, in addition to not using technology and setting a consistent bedtime, this goes along with the lights that you were saying is making sure that your bedroom is like, a calm place like it's it's cooler because you actually sleep better when it's cooler not warmer mm-hmm. um and that it's um it's quiet mm-hmm. huge and it's dark mm-hmm. like you were talking about right um and so then the question is what do you do with that 30 minutes <laughs> yes what do you do like? you just sit in a corner because <laughs> <laughs> like, i can't use my device what do i do <laughs> And that's what I think it's, so we were talking about how our bodies are made for routine. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to come up with a routine that's specific to you, to your life and to your brain and to how you, how your life works and functions. Mm -hmm. You know, like somebody who's single and just kind of living um, on their own and they have plenty of time in the evening, their evening routine, wind down routine is going to be very different than somebody who has five kids. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. the amount of time they have for that and... Um, so I think if you Google this, it will come up (laughs) so many ideas, things to do for your sleep routine. Um, and I think a big one is like prepping yourself for the next day. So you don't have to worry. You're not laying there worrying about that. Right. Um, 
having a cup of tea. Ah, yes. Tea. Ching, ching. (laughs) (laughs) We recommend Puka or Trader Joe's. (laughs) Um, There's lots of things like you can stretch. You can have your like own personal care routine. So like taking a relaxing shower or bath reading a book. There's lots of breathing exercises you can do. Mm-hmm. So if you Google that, it'll come right up if that's something that you want to add in. But I think what we wanted to talk a little bit about was how you can use that 30 minutes to actually add to your spiritual life. Absolutely. So that rosary you told yourself, you know, you were going to start praying every day. Well, guess what? The rosary generally takes 15 to 20 minutes to pray. <laughs> so that'd be a great way. You can pick out your clothes for the next day and pray the rosary and still have plenty of, fill that 30 minutes very easily. Yeah. <laughs> of no devices. <laughs> and like, I know for me, I actually fall asleep in the middle of the rosary often. If I do it in the evening, uh-huh. I, that's that's huge for me. <laughs> so there's actually lots of other options too. And this is right. what we were, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, is what's interesting is most religious orders, and I say most because I, I don't want to make an assumption, but I've never heard of a religious order that doesn't have a prayer time routine before bed. Right. And so there's... We can, I wanted to say we can model after them, but what's interesting is religious orders are actually modeled off of family life. Mm. And so really like we should be doing this in that they are modeling themselves after what families kind of do. Right. So this is really something we should be doing anyways. Right. They should be learning from us. <laughs> yes, exactly. So there's a whole bunch of different things kind of as as we were brainstorming before that we came up with that you could do. So if the rosary isn't your favorite, which for lots of people it's it's not their favorite and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do things like if there if you've been really wanting to do a particular like scripture or Bible study. Right. That's something that 15 or 20 minutes is a perfect amount of time for something like that. Right. Or those books, you know, that... Yeah, your own personal walkthrough spiritual study book. Yeah. You know, where they have questions at the end of the chapter. It's like Mm -hmm. a reflection and then questions that you could answer. You mentioned this one, the examination of conscience. Mm. Not everybody knows what that one is. Yes, that is in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'll have to do a whole nother episode on this. Yes. um, In a nutshell, you're reviewing your day um, and you're reviewing... Yes, I guess examination of conscience is different than examining your review of yeah. the day and seeing those places where the Lord has moved in the day. Uh, and, you know, or you could think about those parts where you failed, where maybe the Lord has prompted you to do something and you maybe didn't meet that expectation or you avoided that calling, mm-hmm. whatever it might have been. And just really examining and viewing yourself, kind of maybe going through each hour of the day. You know, mm-hmm. What was I doing at eight? I doing it 10, 12 and seeing, oh, you know, somebody at work said a smart out comment to me. And I realized from 1 p.m. onward that I was really grumpy Hmm. and all my interactions after that point were Hmm. really negative and frustrating. And so taking that time to be reflective and saying where, you know, where could the Lord have met you at those points throughout the day? And the end of the day is the perfect time to do that. Exactly. And being thankful also gives you time to reflect and being thankful of all the things out. This really awesome thing happened at work today. And like mm. my day went really well because of this interaction or something. Um, so just being able to thank, be thankful for, oh, at 10 o'clock, I made it through the Nung and drive through perfectly on time and I still <laughs> made it to work, you know, like whatever, you know. <laughs> thank <laughs> you for Dunkin' Donuts, Lord. <laughs> 
all of the little ways that you can be thankful. Yeah. yeah. And what's cool about that, and I never thought about that this until just now, is that can like the next day engender in you more awareness because you're thinking about at the end of the day today, I'm going to be thinking about these things exactly. and praying about it. Mm-hmm. So like, where is the Lord today? And like, so instead of it just being you reviewing it and seeing him in review, mm-hmm. it makes it more likely. So you're aware of his presence actually at that moment. Like, right. oh my gosh, Lord, this is you right now working. Right. And so if this is part of your bedtime ritual, you're also going to be more alert and mm. well-rested enough to actually pay attention to what's happening throughout <laughs> the day. <laughs> it's cool. It's almost like we have like 2,000 years of tradition where people have been working on this, <laughs> figuring this stuff out for us. <laughs> um, so a couple of the other things that we kind of put together and thought about. Um, and so that's called the daily examine, mm-hmm. not the examination of conscience. You're right. I was wrong on right, that. I'm sorry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the daily examine. So if you wanted to look that up, that's an awesome thing to look up. Right. Um, and then so some of just the other things we were thinking about was like you could do some journaling if journaling is a huge way of praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know lots of people set an intention. I'm going to journal. And then it's like yeah, you yeah. fill the first two. You like spend days picking out the perfect journal. <laughs> Clearly all the men are the ones that are doing this. Um <laughs> Picking out like there's just the right journal that has like just the right type of paper, right. the right pen, right. and then you journal for like two pages of it, and you never <laughs> pick it up again. Like months later, you're like, "What am I gonna do with this?" <laughs> um, if you wanted to do a novena for a specific intention, this would be a great time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual reading. Yeah. So if there's a topic like you've been like, you know, I really want to know more about Mary. Right. Great. Pick up like Scott Hahn's uh, Hail Holy Queen. Like right. start reading that. That's a right. great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Liturgy of the Hours, which yes. is what most religious do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to look that up. Um, doing a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you are a married couple praying together. Yeah. That might be the only time of day you have to pray together. And that right. might be a great thing. Right. Absolutely. So there's like a million things you could do other than trying to get to the bottom of the internet on your smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> right. And even if, you know, you still don't get seven to nine hours of sleep, it still would be nice to carve out that 30 minute block before yeah. bed. So you can feel more rested regardless of how long it is. Even if, you know, you're, you are a doctor in the ER and you're only getting three hours of sleep. So true. That, that 30 minutes could make those three hours really impactful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't think a lot of people think about that. It's just like, okay, I'm going to go, 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 go. Now I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And like you're talking about like melatonin isn't going to be there because right. you haven't prepped your brain for it. Exactly. Yeah, so I love it. So set a set a time, make a routine, carve some time out for the Lord in there. Absolutely. And hopefully you won't be falling asleep at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I know I feel like I am sometimes. Yeah. But well that's all we've got for you guys today. We'll see you next time.